Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hi, it's the Sasquatch from the Busted Barstools podcast. This episode of Monster Clubhouse features the incredible story of Paul Hayward, and is heavily influenced by a fantastic article on the NRL website entitled Life in a Bangkok Dungeon, The Paul Hayward Story by Neil Cadigan. Paul Hayward was a tough, pugnacious 5-8 for the Newtown Jets rugby league side that featured in the New South Wales RFL. Paul Hayward was often described as blue-collar tough, having mixed professional rugby league and professional boxing during the early part of the 1970s. In five seasons in Newtown, he amassed 76 matches, scoring 14 tries and kicking 43 goals. His career was ultimately, ultimately cut short, owing to his arrest and imprisonment in Thailand on drug smuggling charges. This is his story. <laughs> the Rise Paul Cecil Hayward was born in Sydney in 1954 into a working-class, blue-collar family and neighbourhood. Despite his short stature of 5 foot and 6 inches and a light frame a mere kilo over 70, his toughness and grit were on show to all. He excelled at rugby league and his first love, the sweet science of pugilism. Hayward first rose to prominence with two victories as a professional boxer. His only two professional fights occurred when he was just 17 in 1971. Hayward secured victories on points against journeyman Steve Campbell and previously undefeated Richie Brown, the latter taking place in November of 71. Hayward made the decision after the fight not to fight professionally again and to focus on rugby league, while also holding aspirations to fight in the Olympics and as a result a return to amateur boxing. He came through the ranks at the Waterloo Waratahs Club and made his debut for the famous Newtown Jet side in 1973. The sport of rugby league isn't too popular in these parts, especially the Australian games, so it's important that I add some conjecture. The Newtown Jets are a storied side, hailing from a suburb of Sydney's inner west. Founded in 1908, it is Australia's second oldest rugby league team and the oldest one still in operation. Despite its fall from grace in present times, leaving the Premier competition in Australia in 1983, this very much was a well-respected club in the 60s and early 70s. Unfortunately though, Hayward's time in the club did signal a descent into the lower grades of rugby league in Australia, with three of the sides seven wooden spoons in their entire history occurring in the 76, 77, 78 seasons his final three seasons at the club. Hayward made his debut for the Jets in the 1973 season and missed very little game time over the next six years. His debut season was a landmark season for the club with the first, side, first grade side finishing in fourth 
and making the finals for the first time in a number of years. They defeated Canterbury and St George, but ultimately came short against losing finalists Cronulla in the preliminary final, or what we would refer to as a semi-final. It wasn't just the first grade side's performance that filled the club with optimism, however. A number of the Jets' underage sides also reached finals, and optimism was rife within the club. The optimism, however, was short-lived, as a number of more affluent clubs in Sydney ransacked Newtown's promising youth talent. And as a result, Newtown's average attendance of fans began to dwindle. There was enough talent remaining within the club to halt the decline, but the signs of deterioration were evident. The Jets finished 7th in 74 with 9 wins, but dropped 10th in 75 with 2 less wins. The lack of new talent coming through the ranks took its toll on the Jets, as they finished bottom of the ladder in 76 with just 1 win. 1976 was a busy year for Hayward, as he was selected to represent Australia as a boxer at the 1976 Summer Olympics in Montreal. However, under the Olympic rules at the time, his status as a former professional boxer and current professional league player, he was disqualified and prohibited from competing. From my research, it was a combination of both facets as opposed to either one in particular that led to disqualification qualification and there was a number of unsuccessful appeals against the rule. His final two seasons at Newtown were almost carbon copies of the 76 season. Newtown finishing bottom of the ladder yet again with just three wins in two seasons. Unbeknownst to Hayward, at the tender age of just 24, the nuggety 5'8 and boxer from Sydney's inner city was finished as an athlete. The story of Paul Hayward cannot be told without providing background to his brother-in-law, convicted criminal Neddy Smith. Arthur Stanley, otherwise known as Neddy Smith, is a notorious criminal who has been convicted of drug trafficking, theft, armed robbery, rape and murder. Born to an Australian mother and an American father whom he never knew, Smith spent much of his life in prison serving sentences between 1963 to 1965, 1968 to 1975, 1978 to 1980, and finally, 1980 to present day. Smith is a self-confessed heroin dealer and armed robber who gained notoriety for his violent temper. After the football season ended for 1978, Neddy Smith sent Hayward to Bangkok with Warren Fellows to arrange a shipment of heroin. On the 11th of October 1978, Hayward and her Fellows were arrested at the Montien Hotel in Bangkok when a suitcase containing heroin was found in the room. He and Fellows were convicted in, in Thailand alongside William Sinclair for attempting to export 8.4 kilograms of heroin to Australia. Paul Hayward received a 30-year sentence, when Warren Fellows received life. Hayward was imprisoned in Lardyau Men's Prison 
in Klong Prem Central Prison before being moved to Bank Wong. Bank Wong is Thailand's harshest maximum security prison. It houses many foreign prisoners as well as housing Thailand's primary death row and execution chamber. During Hayward's time in Bangwang, execution was handled by a firing squad. However, nowadays, execution is carried out via lethal injection. The prisoner, the prison, has garnered the nickname by locals of the Big Tiger because it prowled and ate. Hayward served 11 years in Bangwang prison, and to date, is the longest known survivor in the Thai prison. This is owing to the large number of death row inmates and the all too common practice of inmate on inmate murder. Hayward received a pardon for his good behaviour by the King of Thailand as part of his 60th birthday celebrations and after being transported back to the less severe Lad Yarrow's prison he was released on the 7th of April 1989 and returned to Sydney via Perth shortly afterwards. Unfortunately, time lost was not the only price to pay for Hayward as a result of his time spent in Thailand's most notorious prison. During his time in Bangkok, Hayward developed an addiction to heroin. It was this addiction in heroin that led to Hayward contracting HIV as a result of an infected needle. In an all too common story for heroin addicts inside the walls of prison, it is believed the needle in particular was shared by 28 of Hayward's 33 cellmates, such as the overcrowding issue in Bangkok. Upon his return to Sydney, Hayward tried to reform his life and make up for lost time with his wife and kids. However, on Saturday the 9th of May 1922, at the age of just 38, Hayward was home with his family when he collapsed in the bathroom at approximately 3pm according to police sources. Ambulance officers tried unsuccessfully to resuscitate him and he was announced dead on arrival at Canterbury Hospital. Later it was announced that he died of a heroin overdose. He was survived by his wife Gail and his three children. Sadly this ends the tale of Paul Hayward. While Paul Hayward's story is undoubtedly a tale of unfulfilled talent and potential, it is also a cautionary tale that shows the importance of the company you keep. I hope you enjoyed episode 4 of Monster Clubhouse, and even if you didn't, it would help me improve the series a lot. If you would leave a review where you find this podcast, or alternatively, let me know on our Instagram, The Busted Barstools, or via my Twitter, SasquatchGoo. Thanks very much for listening. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.